Welcome to the Raising a Reader and Storyteller podcast. We are your hosts, Denita Shah and Vigil Shah. Our podcast is all about developing young readers so that they grow up to be not only avid readers, but also great storytellers. And how are we going to do that? Through this eight series podcast, we share tips and techniques to make this happen. Today's episode is episode seven. And everything we share is taken from our own personal experiences as a speech and language therapist, bibliotherapist, and as authors. Today's episode is episode seven, and we are discussing the various stages of reading and picking the right books for the right age. And we'll have everything from toddler books to picture books to more young adult books, and we'll discuss the literacy needs of each child at each age. Sunita, would you like to say hello? And Hi, Beadle. I can't believe we're on episode seven already. It's very I exciting. know. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, as Beadle said today, we're going to be looking at the stages of reading and recommending books for the right ages. And, you know, as children grow up, we watch them sit up, we watch them roll, we watch them take their first steps. And I guess it's a bit with books as well. We've got different ages and types of book for the stages that our children are at when it comes to reading. So we know when they're little, we've got some gorgeous sensory books or board books where they start exploring, turning pages and mouthing them and throwing them at first. But soon they're getting and captured in the pictures and start to develop their imagination and then immerse their worlds in books and the wonderful escapism that books can give. So what we're going to introduce you today is the stages of learning to read really. Learning can occur at different stages and we're giving you about bold developmental norms but really realise that each child is an individual and do learn at their own kind of stages and levels and, and school are really great for that adapting their needs to the reading stages that our children are accomplishing. First of all is really the pre-alphabetic stage. This is more where children might start to recognise words or look at shapes and really reading provides those cues and pictures to help assist their child's recognition of words and, and we know that lots of early books have lots of pictures and maybe just a one word level vocabulary to start with and then later they start to have pictures and lots more text and the images and illustrations are reduced because they start to form their own kind of imagery by reading the books. So the first stage is really the pre-reader stage. We're looking at six months to six years old where they're starting to read and get into books. Wow, and, you know, such a, it's such a long period, but I guess it's such a crucial period. It so is. Yeah, it, it is a massive period, the emerging pre-reader stage. I mean, you look at the six months to six years, like you said, Beadle, but the transition in those six years is phenomenal neurologically and their learning and academic awareness too. And what we want to do at that stage, they start reception, start learning their phonics and, and start to put words together. So they start to see a picture of a cat and the brain starting to bring all those semantic links that it's an animal. It begins with a cur. It might write with mat. It's got ears. It's got whiskers. And all of that helps them to retain and learn the vocabulary. 
So when we then go onwards, they, they go to the partial alphabetic stage and that's where they start memorizing maybe printed words. They start to decode words with their phonics and start to learn the letters as they go on. And really, as they're moving into reception and they're starting to read short words and little words like is and the, you know, memory also takes hold to help them to chunk and memorize these words in quite an effective way. So really, when we are looking at babies, they learn the gestures and sounds. And one thing great being to introduce them to like animal sounds and yeah. What sounds humans yeah. make? <laughs> they love animal sounds. They love animals. And it just comes so naturally to them. It's very intuitive. So I think animal books are great to read for that age. Yes, for sure. And it's really good about linking sounds as well to the picture. So when they've got sirens or when there's a big roaring dinosaur. Yeah. So things like that really help them to start to learn the vocabulary and start to really appreciate and learn the words that they are working with and responding to more than anything and and usually you know it's they start to understand 50 or more words they explore the books by reaching and turning for pages and responding to stories by oh where's apple or can you see the tiger so they start to then identify words and identify pictures in the book that help their comprehension and once children have an understanding of the words then they start to use that in as in a spoken way this is yeah. the very early stages and you know how quickly our children grow. They're making connections with the sounds, yeah. with the picture, consolidating it. Um, and like you said, vocalizing and then regurgitating it out. And uh, that probably does take up a lot of their energy and, you know, cognitive energy definitely and it really helps them to understand the world as well through places they might have traveled things that they haven't seen before so when they get to toddlers this is ages one to three and I've been through this stage very recently because my little one started reception this week which uh -huh. is um big change and when they start to look at books they're answering question where's the cow what does the cow say what can you see and naturally we go into a bit of a teacher stage what's this for what does the duck say but it's about also sharing choices getting them to name things um finish off the sentences in the books they love the bear hunt so when we're all going on a bear hunt recently through the forest we go we're not in a bear hunt we're getting the catcher and we stop and he's like ah big one I'm not scared and there's lovely repetitive books like brown bear, brown bear what do you see going on a bear hunt that repetitiveness really helps them to consolidate the language and they love repetition they love hearing the same story over and over again because they're, they're learning something new they're getting a better understanding you know and, and things that they might have missed before is you know now making sense Yes, definitely. And the thing is, they have their favourite books. And like we said to, before, they will go to the same books again and again. And it's not a bad thing, because like you said, repetition really helps them to understand and learn the words. And at that little stage, it's about exploring books. It's about looking at pictures and, and really gaining their understanding of, of what books are and, and what they do. Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah. 
Yeah, so what we want to look at now is early preschool. So we're looking at three years and upwards now. And at that stage, they start to really explore books. They listen and sit longer with their stories because their attention and listening span is growing. They start to retell a familiar story. They might sing songs with the books and they might make some marks or symbols that sort of recognise their first writing or resemble some writing. They might be able to point out a letter that was in their name. So when I and Deanne were reading, it goes, look, mummy, dinosaur, duh, it's got a duh in it, like Deanne. So in that yeah. sense, you know, they, they Yeah, Ari does that all the time with the A. <laughs> This is a really lovely way of really getting them to explore all the different types of books and all the words and doing actions and songs alongside with the books really help them to consolidate their learning in such a kind of fun, interactive way with the parents. So I think, Beedle, you've got some great recommendations for this stage for some books. Would you like to just share with our listeners some ones that might be suitable for them? Yeah, sure. So... Uh, for age three, the big obvious one is all the Julia Donaldson books. But there's some other hidden gems such as Goodnight Moon, Owl Babies by Martin Waddell, Aliens Wear Underpants, that's been a huge hit with Mariana. <laughs> and obviously you mentioned we're going on a bear hunt, but also Rosie's Walk, um, How to Catch a Star, some of the Brown Bear books, the Spot the Dog books. These are all wonderful books, whether they're part of the curriculum or not, but they're great books to read just before bedtime or when you're taking a bit of a break with your child. I'd like to throw in the JJ's books just from a culture perspective. And I actually have a list of diverse literature that I will add to the show notes. Because, you know, the, the, whilst a lot of these books are just animal books and there's no sort of real cultural identity i think cultural identity is very important and we should also be reading those books to our children because this is where they learn how the world works the kinds of people there are um, and also embracing an acceptance of of different cultures and identities and so that's add that to the show notes so the next stage is really the late preschool age, age four. And this is where children really start to recognize familiar sounds and labels, especially on signs and containers. Um, maybe they're cereal boxes or maybe road signs. And this is where they start to recognize words that rhyme as well. So this is a really great time to have fun with letters and sounds and words that cat rhymes with mat. And is it bat or is it bear? Which one rhymes? And this is really looking at that early kind of what we call phonological development and the awareness of syllables. So you've got rabbit and get them to clap the words and you've got alligator, which is a big word with lots of sounds. And also what I like to do is put some animals out and make a sound and get them to pick up which one that might be the one that I've just said. So it gets them to start to understand and hear sounds and, and that helps them with the decoding of speech sounds. So it's great because what they also tend to do is start to learn the letter formations and that is for apple, that is for ball. And identify, you know, mummy begins with a muh. And this goes to uppercase letters as they move forward. And it's not F, it's F. Because they're doing their phonics. So, yeah. you know, 
very differently. It really helps with breaking down the reading and it helps them to use unfamiliar letters when they start trying to write words. And at this stage, they're really understanding what a book is and how a book's used to understand that they read from left to right and they start to retell stories. One thing that I absolutely love doing is telling them a short story and then going it's your turn you're the teacher can you tell mummy what happened and it's great what new vocabulary they learn how their comprehension develops and and how they sequence and structure the thoughts of that story together by using the amazing illustrations in the books too yeah you know it's just incredible how much they're picking up at this stage how much they're developing and as you said, building up on that vocabulary, building up on syntax and context, and then being able to retell the story after you've read to them. So I think that's wonderful. And sequencing. I think this is one of the, the areas where I see my daughter, who's three now, she really struggles with that. So I think that, that sort of uh, sequencing stage is probably more appropriate to reception. Definitely, because and we can do it with our own sequences at home. You get a toothbrush, you put toothpaste on, you brush your teeth, you rinse your mouth. So you can talk about how things go first, next and last. So then they're bringing together kind of time concepts. And this is where visuals in books at such a younger age are so heavily illustrated. Because without that kind of visual cues or the pictures around the text and words, it makes a child easier to understand language. But I think you've got some great book recommendations for this age and stage, Beadle. So we can point our listeners to some of these lovely books that really bring all of that together. Yes, that's right. So uh, some of these are, you know, well known in the UK and some of them are more popular in the US. The five that I would absolutely recommend for this stage is um, The Owl is Afraid of the Dark by Jill Tomlinson. And then The Book of Moomin, Mimble and Little Mai by Tove Jansen. And then The Story of Barbara, The Little Elephant. I grew up reading these. <laughs> They're timeless, aren't they? I was just going to say these. <laughs> 40 odd years old because I read them when I was three. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They've stood the test of time. You know, they're, they're still there hitting our children with some wonderful content. And then The Heart and the Bottle by Oliver Jeffers and Why the Animals Came to Town by Michael Foreman. These two are more sort of US authors, but again, wonderful books. And, you know, it's worthwhile seeing if you can get a copy on Amazon. Definitely. Those are my five for this age. I know, I love those. They bring so many memories. And like you said, they've really stood the test of time. And it just shows how amazing the authors and illustrators and writers were behind those books because they still really engage children in this modern day. So next we jump to our foundation reception stage, age five. Read. This is where they're beginning to produce words that rhyme. They match spoken and written words. So you might get them to read cat and then point to the one. Books that I really love at this stage is the Osborne first um, 100 word books because they've got lovely vocabulary all around yeah. the picture with the written yeah. and the child can then point find it in the picture which we can never find the duck in those books. <laughs> <laughs> the missing ducks. <laughs> the <laughs> It really helps them to recognise familiar words in the print. And one of the things I like doing is, oh, what happens next? So when the tiger comes to tea, can you remember what happens next? Oh, no, he ate everything from the cupboards. And 
reflection and inference and problem solving are the skills that start to develop at this age. And this is where they really start to identify and manipulate stories and start their own makeup stories because they're understanding more concrete words and definitions and learning new concepts. And it's great that you mentioned that the tiger, tiger comes to tea because I think, again, that's another book that's just stood the test of time. Judith Kerr's Amazing Magic that she's done with that book. But there's a theatre show on in London uh, and probably, you know, across the UK. So I would really suggest going to see the, the theatre show as well. It'd be a great treat for your child. <laughs> and that's another thing to do if you can't get, a th- get to a theatre show act it out at home get their cuddly tigers out have a little tea party and you can take it from there i think dramatizing it going to see theater and then reread is a brilliant way to consolidate the whole story and everything that you've learned the vocabulary the syntax the sequencing Yes, it's just such key skills for for just general kind of development when it comes to the reading, writing, sequencing, storytelling, understanding of the world, because they all have routines and they all have sequencing within their routines as well. So it really helps to have that language enriched environment when it comes to that, including the time concepts. So then we do key stage one readers, which are six and seven. And this is where they're really sounding out and decoding words. They're starting to become more confident readers. They might self-correct and the English language is so wonderful, even though they're learning the phonics. If you look at a word like laugh, L-A-G, you know, they're like, oh, mummy, it's, is it laguff? And I'm like, try again. in it. Oh, I love the innocence and you know the logical mind. <laughs> <laughs> you know they start to develop their comprehension of stories, and they might draw their own stories of things that they've read or things that they've seen. And this is where they start to really organise details and logical sequencing. That each story has a beginning, a middle, and they start talking about punctuation. And I know from homeschooling now at this stage, it's all about verbs and pronouns and conjunctions and subordinate clues. They're really teaching in school the whole grammar behind expanding your writing by adding adjectives and giving more detail. And this is something that is really quite heavily taught in the curriculum these days. And some of the concepts can't be difficult to learn from the novice, but always Google it, what's a subordinate clause, and you'll get a great two-minute YouTube video. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. It's a great refresher for us as well, isn't it? now <laughs> I'm sure I did in my speech and language therapy degree <laughs> yeah, exactly but I think this is a stage where it gets really exciting because this is a stage where you actually remember the books that you read when you were really young you know like the Enid Blytons and, yeah. and, and the books that you can now talk about with your child my go-to favorites for this stage are you know I'd say is um the Velveteen Rabbit by Marjorie Williams and Slime by David Williams. And I think he's written oh, up his books. Like, yeah. and a few others that are great as well. Yeah, like you said, I think that they're a huge hit at the moment and really trending. And then Where the Wild Things Are by Morris Sendak. And the Magic Treehouse series by Mary Pop Osborne. Again, mm-hmm. there's like 40 plus books in there. And then, you know, these two are my own childhood favourites. I couldn't help it but include them. But, you know, the, the Secret Seven series by Enid Blyton and the Enchanted Wood. And this is a stage where you can start having your own little book club within the family because you, you're probably going to be able to recall some of 
books that you've read or, or at least have a go at rereading and talking about it with your child. And it's so exciting to share those memories. You know, Sign recently read The Lion and the Witch in the Wardrobe. Happy. Yeah. We watched the film and I was like, this is mommy's favourite book. And it's just so exciting to share with your children and, and see their points of view of what they come out with. Because definitely... Yeah who in juniors they're reading longer books more independently they're understanding speech behind the books and there's a, an emphasis on reading loud but they start to silently take a book and sit in the corner and read which has been lovely seeing that kind of development as they get older they start to spell more words write more lengthier sentences they're understanding humor in text a language rich environment lots of new words and vocabulary this is where the illustrations start to reduce but the words really take over in developing their imagination to talk about books yes that's right uh, and I think this is the time when they really get captivated isn't it just seeing how from mouthing books to flicking pages to pointing to pictures that they they immerse themselves in that world that has been created by the author and I think you some great recommendations and I can see on the list that we were talking about Roald Dahl because I have to say that is definitely my personal favorite. Yes oh the Roald Dahl books I can never decide between you know whether Enid Blyton or Roald Dahl mm -hmm. uh, whether with the sort of absolute all-time favorite children but I think Roald Dahl's you know Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Matilda, the BFG there's so much originality uh, in these books and Whilst I might not always remember the stories, I can remember the feeling I had when I was reading these books, that sort of feeling of being transported to another world and the excitement and the joy of reading. I'm hoping that you know, these sorts of feelings will be recreated in our own children who read this and you know, stay with them as, as they get older. Uh, yeah. So again, definitely all the Roald Dahl books. How to Train Your Dragon by Cressida Cowell yeah. was another huge <laughs> fan of hers. Then there's A Handful of Stars by Cynthia Lord. Might be a, a lesser known book, but equally great. The Diary of a Young Girl by Anne Frank. This book is the one that really tests whether your child has got empathy or not, because it's just a, exactly. just a heartbreaking journal. And I remember when I read it, I was really captivated by the context of it, but also what she was going through and it certainly you know made me think twice so I think it's certainly a book that um, I guess pushes your child a little bit outside of, of, of their comfort zone and that's not a bad thing. And that's the thing is this stage is as they move into secondary school the power of the web and reading is so different to books they're at that stage now that everything is on google they can google and, and research and find out about the groups <laughs> and the Romans and we would be shipped off to looking at encyclopedias to get that information to look at how the core of the earth is all volcanoes is and yeah we had to work that bit harder to really yeah, and, something. Yeah. and it, nothing beats a good book and as they get older you know it's reading biographies do you remember Adrian Mole that we oh, used yeah. to I remember a big one at our age that those teenage yeah. was that Judy Bloom <laughs> do you remember oh, Judy yeah. Bloom Judy Bloom, <laughs> Sweet Valley High, you know, these know. Books, the books that made our teenage life. Teenage life, in fact. Um, Again, there's social stories where children can relate to what's happening and start to understand relationships. This is where the narratives really start to begin, where they've got the real elements of stories and conflict and plots and 
resolving right, the development and yeah verbal reasoning starts to really set in at that stage harry potter books are great for that that magical world of mystery and and even with the jjs you know we brought the ramayana out for that stage and the illustrations have been matured with the text and it really matches the stages where the children want to be whisked off to those magical worlds. They've got that level of imagination and creativity and can really analyse the meaning of texts and humour and inference and things as they develop their language. Yes, that's right. And I also think these books are, are again, about representation in that period of their lives, which, as, as you said, with the Adrian Moore book, Judy Bloom books, they really capture the, the time period and, and the age that they're currently living through. So I think as well as all the academics, they're, they're bringing together the um, emotional and social side of, of life. So I guess they tick all the boxes in, in, from that perspective. Yes, definitely. And at the end of the day, they go on a journey like they do with reading, with their development with books. And it's great to see how my bookshelf has changed as my kids. Do you have a a picture of your bookshelf every year and how it's? My shelf, I do. Stage because we've got ages and stages that match the kind of naught to 12 year old um, picture book readers to reading short stories to then develop more complex text. So we've really matched those ages and stages yeah. with the house. Yeah. Um, I think you've got some good recommendations for this more secondary level as well, haven't you? Yes, that's right. So these books, there's a crossover between young adult, late teens, and, and you probably find yourself reading some of these books uh, if you're into sort of fantasy fiction. I'd say Peter Nimble and His Fantastic Eyes by Jonathan Oxier, Charlotte's Web by E.B. White, Um, The Fledgling by Jane Langton, The Miraculous Journey of Edward Tulane by Kate DiCamillo, and then um, Northern Lights, the graphic novel volume one by Philip Foreman, which, you know, is very popular at the moment, and it's part of the current BBC drama get your child to, to read the book and then watch it on, on the BBC <laughs> yeah, that's definitely what we like to do we've got this rule in our house we're not allowed to finish a Harry Potter book has to be finished we watch the film like that <laughs> that's a great rule I'm, I'll definitely be adopting that one for my kids and the world so it's great. This is where, again, literature develops because they're developing, you know, Lord of the Flies. And if you look yeah. at the classic of Animal Farm, the hidden yeah. meaning behind that, you can read it as a story. But That's when the right. to explore that text and take all the hidden meanings behind it, which, you know, is such a big part of bibliotherapy, isn't it, Beedle? With, with a huge part of bibliotherapy. The other day I had a, a young girl ask me, you know, I'm just, you know, entering early adulthood. What are some of the books that I can read? I, I want to be a bit more literary. And, and these are all those sorts of books that are now emerging to help them navigate the world beyond you know, school and university and getting a, a deeper sense of adult literature. Yes, for sure. So this is the Ages and Stages podcast. Please look out for our show notes because they will highlight the books that we've spoken about as well. And more than anything, follow your child's lead because even Sian's a little bit older now. He'll be back to Julia Donaldson books or he'll be happy to read the Happy Families books because he can now read it to his brother. You know, explore. I love reading with Julia Donaldson books. (laughs) 
<laughs> I think one of my big compliments as an author is one parent said to me, my child has ditched her Julia Donaldson's books for the JJ's. Oh. And it was such a huge compliment for me because she is amazing. The Snail on the Whale is one of my personal favourites. Yeah. And I love the yeah. animation of Christmas for that so follow their lead explore introduce them to as they read and go on to books that really going to encapture their imagination and you know if you see that they're starting to maybe withdraw or struggle a bit let them change the book they don't always have to complete a book they start I picked up many books in my time and started read them and after three or four chapters I'm like I really need to stop yeah. now there's, there's really no point finishing a book that you don't like life life is just too short definitely and there's millions of books out there to kind of engage your child into their interests as well we've got some great books at the moment from national geographic for kids about five thousand amazing facts and actually i've learned quite a few amazing things from there so you know becomes a discussion point as well and you know helps that whole social interaction and retelling of events so we really hope that this podcast has been great in kind of showing you how our readers develop through different books and how books are pitched at the different age through their literacy career so to say <laughs> yes and early literacy is the hallmarks of better life outcomes in later life so get the literacy right and a lot of things will fall into place. Yes, definitely. Oh, well, thank you. So we've got one podcast left. So that's going to be our final podcast. And we have talked about our kids quite a lot. So they're going to jump on and say hello and talk about some of their favourite books too. And my kids are going to tell them about the JJ's journey because of them, the JJ's was created. We look forward to you all joining us back on episode eight. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Beedle. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Sunita. Excited about episode eight. Take care. Bye. All right. Bye.